welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I love a good story. What makes a great story is the storyline has got to be good. The other day, my son and I were watching this Netflix original movie. I don't remember what it's called because we turned it off in 20 minutes. It was dumb. It was a waste of my time. It didn't catch me. I didn't like the main character. I didn't like the storyline, so I turned it off. But to finish a full story, to finish a full book or a story, you've got to be captivated by the storyline, but the main character you've got to fall in love with. You've got to love who that character is. You've got to love the story behind them. And today, I want to tell you what I think is the best story ever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth and being born to be our Savior. And I ask that you would bless us this evening, that you'd meet each of us wherever we are. May our hearts be ready to receive your words tonight. God, I pray for churches, I pray for my friends down Greenway Road. I think of Aaron over at Jesus Church, Eric over at the bridge, Dan over at Pure Heart, and God, at Jeff over at the well. God, I just ask your blessings upon them. Bless us here at City View, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, Merry Christmas. I am excited for what God has for you. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the pastor here at City View Church. And um, I'm not going to tightrope this, tightrope this rope, if that's what you're wondering what I would do. I'm not that coordinated. But that video that we played right before I got up here, that video is a felt, all felt characters. And people on the staff here at City View, they made every single character, every single movement, every single, like every bit of that, they made that here in-house. So if you're like, I'm creative and I want to use my creativity, how can I use at church? Well, everything you saw, the, the intro video was made by people here. Um, that, it's just a team. Give it up for that team that made those videos. Tonight. I want us to think about the story that our life is telling. This rope throughout the night is gonna symbolize different people's lives. Our life in the end. This rope here symbolizes the life of Jesus. So I ask you, what, what is your life storytelling? Who's the main character? In the end, who wins and who loses? For many of us, the story of our life, that our life is telling, we're the main character and we're the hero. We're, we're the, the main thing. We're the one that we hope wins in the end. We're the one that hopes gets the most success. We're the one that hopes, we hope we get the most notification. But is that the right hope? By the end of today, I hope that we will figure out what our story is telling. And I hope that we will want to tell a story that's better than anything we could ever imagine or think. Today, I want to tell you the story of Jesus. You know, every story starts at the beginning. Jesus' story starts in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And then in John chapter one, it gives us a little more details about Jesus. 
says, in the beginning was the word, meaning Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shined in darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. In the beginning, Jesus. Jesus' story is from the beginning, and Jesus' story really, it has no beginning and it has no end because he is eternal. He was there in the beginning with God when God made all things, and he still is. But Jesus, there was a moment in time, there's a moment in history where Jesus entered earth as a man. And the story of Jesus as a man began. And the first character in the life of Jesus is his mother, Mary. And if you can picture for a moment this young lady, this young girl named Mary, this day that she's probably doing her ordinary chores, whatever her mom and dad told her to do. I don't know if she's maybe doing the dishes, maybe washing laundry, doing, she's doing her typical household Tuesday chores. It's a Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, and she's just doing what her mom had just told her. So can you picture that? Mary sitting in a chair, doing her chores. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this angel named Gabriel appears. And it says this, the Bible says this, the angel, of, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. How are you not scared in this moment? You're, you're hyper-focused. Have any of you ever been hyper-focused on something and then somebody pops out of nowhere and scares the living daylights out of you? This happened to me this last week. I was focused on my, this, this sermon that I'm doing and I was, I was just reading it and, and I, I might have been focusing on the Sunday, I don't know which one. I was focusing on one of the sermons I did this week. And I'm staring at my computer and for me, when, I, when I'm focused, I sit cross-legged in my office chair. It helps my ADD to be focused into my fingers. That's what I do, it's weird, I know, but that's what I do. So I'm super focused. I hear the front door of the church open there's a chime. I assumed it was Josh, our worship leader. I assumed wrong. It was my mother-in-law, which I didn't, I forgot she was coming, and she comes to my office door. She disguises her voice. She goes, hey, can you help me? I freak out. I go, what? I, I'm scared. So can you picture Mary? Hyper-focused. She's, I don't know, she's, she's getting ready to get married soon. She's a young girl. Focus on, I'm going to be married to a man. I don't know what this looks like. That's her whole focus. Then all of a sudden, this angel pops up. Didn't say, hey, I'm coming. I'll be by tomorrow at 2. Pops up out of nowhere. And then his first words are, don't be scared. If you have to lead in with the words, don't be scared. I'm already scared you're too late. And then he says to her, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, Savior. And he will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Mary, totally confused at this point. She's thinking, how can this be? Who am I? Why would somebody pick me to be the mother of this child. 
I'm not worthy of such a thing. I've never even been with a man. It seems like she forgot the story that God said that there would be a virgin who would be with child. The angel said to her, it's not because you're good enough. It's not because you have it all together. It's because God chose you to be Jesus' mom. Just a little note for you parents out there. God chose you to be the mom for your kids. He could have picked anybody else, but you are the one he picked for yours. And that's favor from the Lord. So Mary, at this, moment, at this point, she's still pretty scared. She still is overwhelmed. He says, your son will be great. He is going to be the son of God and he will, his kingdom will reign forever. And Mary at this moment has to make a choice. What am I going to do? So Mary, it says in verse 38, behold, the bondservant of the Lord. She says, may it be done to me according to your words. And the angel left. You see, Mary had her whole life ahead of her. And all of a sudden, she has this intersection with Jesus. And, and each of us, we come to this point where we, we meet Jesus. Some of you, it's tonight. It's the first time, and you're, you're hearing about Jesus. Maybe some of you, you've heard about Jesus many times, and, and you are given that chance. What am I going to do? Your life can either tell your story or it can tell the story of Jesus. Mary could have said, no way, that's way too much pressure, I could never do it, but Mary chose, you know what, I wanna join the life of Jesus. I don't wanna be the hero of my story. I want Jesus to be the hero. And so Mary chose Jesus. And then we come to the next person in the story, Joseph. Joseph, who I think has the most at risk in the story of Jesus. I think he's probably, he's the, as far as we know, he's the most conflicted. He's the most troubled in the way of thought, not in the way of anger. We're gonna meet a guy who's troubled in the way of anger, but in the way of thought and wanting to do the right thing and wanting to do whatever the next best thing is, you have Joseph. Joseph, to, to respond in such a way, he finds out that his, his soon-to-be wife is pregnant and he's gotta figure out what am I gonna do Depending upon what Joseph chooses, depending upon whether or not he chooses to join the story of Jesus or not, he knows what's at risk is, is he could lose his job, he could lose his family, he could lose his respect, he could lose reputation, he could lose his career. He had much to risk. Joseph finds out that, his, his, that Mary, his soon-to-be wife, is pregnant and he knows it's not his. So one night, tired and stressed out and anxious, trying to figure out what the right thing to do would be. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a righteous man, meaning he desired to do what was good and right. He was a man of honor, a man of integrity, but this just didn't sit right with him. So he was anxious. Have you ever had one of those nights where your thoughts are overwhelming everything about you and you don't know what to do tomorrow with your decision. And the pressure is building up and you're just having a hard time trying to sleep. You ever had one of those nights? 
And I think that's what led up to Joseph. Joseph is exhausted. He's like, okay, what do I need to do? God, I want to do the right thing. And so he's, he's exhausted thinking, God, what, what's the, this is the biggest decision of my life. And have you ever been so exhausted you finally fall asleep? So Joseph falls asleep. And in that sleep, he has a dream where he sees an angel. It says in verse 18 of the book of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, meaning engaged to Joseph, before they came together, meaning before they were married, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill with the, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. The angel, I'm sure, as, as Joseph is sleeping, the angel is trying to help Joseph understand who this Mary is, because for all Joseph knows is Mary is just the person he's going to marry. That's all he knows about her. He doesn't think her anybody super special. I mean, he's special to her, just like all of us think our, our wives are special. Like, she's special, but she's not, like, that special. She's not, like, mom, like Jesus to God, like, not Jesus to God, mom to God kind of special. Uh, like we're, he's not thinking that far. He just thinks, well, she's the woman I want to marry. But then this angel says, Joseph, do you know who Mary is? Jo Joseph, or Joseph, do you know who Mary is? He says, Joseph, you, you know the story in Isaiah, yeah? Of the virgin, the virgin that will be with child. He goes, yeah? He goes, that virgin is your soon-to-be wife, Mary. And that child in her by the Holy Spirit is the Savior of the world. And all of a sudden, the light turns on. And Joseph now understands What's going on? So it says then in verse 24, Joseph awoke from his sleep and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Joseph had to make a decision. I either join the life of Jesus or Jesus just becomes an intersection in my life. And I think for many of us, that's all Jesus has been. He's an intersection. He's somebody that we had a moment with for a little bit, but that's all he is. He's not somebody we live for. He's not somebody that, that really made an impact. He's not somebody we want to impact the rest of our life. He's just an intersection, a moment in our life. Joseph's like, I have way too much at risk. What will you take from me? What will happen to me if, if all, you know, so Joseph just makes this decision. He could make this decision going, you know what, Jesus, you're just an intersection for me. But Joseph says, no, I don't want to be the hero of my story. I want Jesus to be the hero. And so Joseph joins the story of Jesus. 
You see, we all have to make this decision in our lives. What story is my life telling? Who's the hero of my life? Joseph had to make a tough decision because he had much at risk. He knew he was gonna be ridiculed. He was gonna have to defend his wife's honor. He was even going to have to defend his stepson's honor. Because what he was asked was to be the stepdad to the savior of the world. So Joseph chose to join his life to Jesus, God with us. And then we meet these men called the Magi, these wise men from the East. They had studied the ancient writings of old, and they had probably come across this passage in, in the scroll labeled Numbers. In Numbers it says, I see him, but not now, meaning it's something in the future. I behold him, but not near. So they, as, they, as the, the people would read this, they would know it's speaking of something in the future. And so these magi, these, these wise men of the time, they're reading this, and it says, a star shall come forth from Jacob, a scepter shall rise from Israel. And all of a sudden, this star that symbolized the Messiah, the Savior of the world, shined bright in the star. And one night, as they were gazing at the stars, they saw this. They saw this in the sky, and they said, that's the star. The Savior must be near. And so they set off on this journey to go to Jerusalem. They don't know where this Messiah is going to be. You may think, but how do they not know? If they're so wise, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't tell us. But we know is they, they showed up into Jerusalem and they run into the sky or they get an audience with this man named Herod. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So they were given this audience with the king and they asked him, where is this king that would be born? Where is this one that, that we have heard so much about? And the king goes and gets Herod, goes and gets his. We're gonna get to Herod in a little bit. He's, he's coming up in the story, he's next. So he goes and gets his wise men and he says, okay, where? And he tells them, hey, he's in Bethlehem. Go find him. When you find him, come back and tell me. I'd love to go and worship him too. Liar. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. Now, I'm gonna read a passage and I'm gonna help us unpack it. And I know some of us, maybe we, this is our first time here to City View. Maybe some of us have been raised in different Christian sects or different religions and maybe we've been taught that Mary was one to worship. This, this passage helps us understand that, that if, if there's anywhere in the Bible that you would worship Mary, if there's anywhere in the Bible that a religion could say, hey, this is, this is why we worship Mary, this would be it right here. This is the moment, the only moment. It says the Magi walk in, it says they fell to the ground and they worshiped him. It doesn't say them. 
It's this hymn. It says, and then opening their treasures, they presented to him, Jesus. Because they knew that he is the only one worth worshiping. They fell down, they worshiped him, and they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They made a choice. They chose not to write their own story. You see, at this moment, they could have been like, hey, look at what we've done. We invested into the kingdom. We're doing all this. We want to make sure. And they could have gone and went and bragged and told the story, kind of went and gone everywhere. Look at us. We are the three magi. And we find out their names are Henry, George, and I don't know what's another name. Edgar. And they go, look at this. And so Jesus could have just been a, an intersection in their life. And they all of a sudden become the three famous magi that we all hear so much about. But did you know, we don't know how many there are. The only reason we have three is because there were three gifts. But there could have been hundreds of them. But what we do know is they did not choose to write their own story. They chose to write and join the story of Jesus. And all we know about these three magi is they came to worship the king. You see, in each of your lives, you have to choose, what do I do with Jesus? Does he become the hero of my life, or does he just become an intersection in it? And so the Magi chose Jesus. Every good story has a nemesis. Every good story is a bad guy. Even the Bible as a bad guy. You're all thinking it's Satan. No. It's this guy named Herod. It says then, when Herod the king heard this, when he heard what, what the, the magi said, they said, hey, we're coming to worship the king. He's like, wait a minute. Picture yourself being Herod. Imagine you're, you're the, the manager of some company. You're not the head boss. You're like, like second or third in command. You're the CFO, we'll call that. Okay? Vice principal. Somebody comes up to you and, and they say, hey, I'm, I'm here to meet the new CFO. And you go, well, I, I am the current CFO. Oh, you didn't hear. You lost your job today. The new king was born. That, that's the news. If you could picture yourself being Herod, Herod hears that the king of the Jews is born. He's lost his job as king of the Jews. He's lost his job as king in the area. And so it says in verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. As I read this, it, it made me think, and it, it says that, and all of Jerusalem was troubled. Have you heard that saying, when mama ain't happy, nobody's happy? You ever heard that? Any of you believe that saying? It's true, isn't it? I think it was sort of the same in those times with Herod. If Herod ain't happy, nobody's happy. And that's what we see in this passage. It says, and Herod was troubled, and so was all of Jerusalem. Herod was such a, Herod killed wives, killed sons. He was a psychopath. He is a legit bad guy. He was insane. So it says, gathering all of his scribes together, the priests, and he says, okay, guys, where's this Messiah going to be, go be, going to be born? And they said to him, in Bethlehem in Judea, for, for this is what was written by the prophet Micah, that in Bethlehem, the land of Judah, they're, by, they're, they're not important by any means. 
but from him would be born the leader, the king of the Jews. So Herod sent the Magi to go look for him and in hopes, he says, go look for him. He goes, and when you find him, come back and tell me because I want to worship him too. Liar. You see, Herod has the decision to make. What am I going to do with my life? Am I the hero of my life or is Jesus just the intersection or do I live my own life or do I join the life of Jesus? He has a big decision to make. Do I join the story of Jesus or do I write my own story? Herod made the decision to write his own story. He wanted to be the hero of his story. Some of us were struggling with that today. You see, maybe you're a believer in Jesus, but you still want to be the hero. You still want to have total control of everything. You're willing to hand over things to Jesus. Says when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent to slew, to, to kill every male child in the vicinity, in Bethlehem, from two years old and younger, desiring to cut the story of Jesus. That was his plan. His plan was to take the life of Jesus and to cut it short. But you cannot cut the story of Jesus short. Herod had a choice too, where he could join the story of Jesus and live a life that was blessed. But he chose to live his own life and to write his own story and to be the hero of his life. And it says, and Herod died. The end. Forever known as the nemesis. And then we meet the final main characters of the story of the shepherds. Probably the lowliest of lows are these men, the forgotten, the ones that nobody thinks about, the ones that nobody really cares about. They, they, they did all the work that, that you know gets done, sort of like the people who stock your shelves at the store, you know those people? And you're thankful that when you go to the grocery store in the morning or Costco or, you know, Costco during COVID and you're thankful that toilet paper showed up and the toilet paper fairy like <laughs> delivered something. We're thankful for them, but, but we don't really think to go and thank those stalkers every night. The shepherds, they cared for sheep and the sheep were probably the ones that were used for the sacrifices that would be done for the forgiveness of our sins. Shepherds were known as, as lowly men. It's the low, one of the lowest jobs you could. They were known as thieves. They were known as liars. They're they were just, it was not like respectable. And these shepherds, this night, a normal night to them, laying out there in the field, watching their sheep, and I, I wonder what they were thinking about. What do you think about when you're out under the stars? Aren't there so many times that when we are given time to just think, our mind starts to go on what am I doing with my life? And I wonder if that's where their mind went. What am I doing with my life? What will I be known for? What will my grandkids say about me? You know, we can think of our kids, but it's the grandkids that talk about, my, my grandkids talk about their papa, and he knows everything. 
whatever, I know a lot too. He can fix anything. Well, I can fix stuff too. And so they were laying there in the field, and then it says in the book of Luke, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shined around them, and they were terribly frightened. Of course they were. It's the middle of the night. You're laying there deep in thought, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in this pitch black sky, you're staring at the stars, super relaxed, and this really shiny guy pops up out of nowhere. No warning. No text, hey, I'm on my way, I'll be there in a minute. It was just this moment. And then the angel says the same thing he said to Mary, don't be scared. I, I just want to, one day when I meet the angels, I'm going to be like, hey, next, you don't have to say that if you give us a little warning. He says, don't be scared. Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David has been born. If, if you have a Bible, underline these next three, three, three words. Born for you. That this week, as I, I read that this week, as we as a staff, we were praying through this passage of scripture. Born for you, of all people in the world that Jesus could be born for, the rich, the wealthy, the famous, He's born for them, for us. Born for you, a Savior who is the Christ, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with that single angel a multitude, meaning a number that cannot be counted of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them in heaven, and then the angels had gone away from them in heaven, and in this moment, the shepherds have to make a decision. Like all the other characters in this story, they have to make a decision. What story will my life tell? Am I gonna go around saying, hey, my name is Jeremiah, I'm the shepherd that went and saw Jesus? Am I going to go around making sure everybody knows my name? Everybody knows who I am. Everybody knows what. They have to make this decision. And in this moment, they made the decision. We don't want to be the famous ones. You see, the Magi, we don't know their name. The shepherds, we don't know their name. But we know the name of the one they told about. We know the name of the one they worship. They decided to join the story of Jesus. And it says this. The shepherds be, began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry. They came running. They didn't wait. They didn't, they didn't want any other story to be told. They, they wanted to join the Savior. They wanted to join the story of Jesus, a Savior for them, someone who notices them. Sometimes we can go our whole lives and feel unnoticed, can't we? And I'm sure that's what these shepherds felt like. But then in this night, this one night, these shepherds, these nobodies were like, he came for us. Who am I that the savior of the world would come for me? And of all the people to find out, I get the text. I get the download from heaven. So they ran, 
It says, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby as uh, they're laying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they, they told Mary, okay, Mary, the craziest thing. I know you don't know us. Can you imagine being Mary? You, some of you are young moms, and so you understand the panic of when people want to come around your new baby. You're like, uh, RSV, everything else. You're like, please wash your hands. Have you done everything precautionary to make sure you don't get our kid dirty? These people, I'm granted, I don't know that they're worried about this. Their kid was, was born in a dirty manger with animals everywhere, so I, maybe she didn't care. But they come running and they go, okay, the craziest thing just happened. We were sitting there in the field. She's looking at them going, who are you? We're sitting there in the field. These angels came. Your son's the Messiah. And she's like, how do you know this already? Angel. And Joseph goes, did he look like this? And Mary goes, I saw him too. Did he scare you? Yeah, I was freaked out. Yeah, me too. They're all the same moment. They're all like, oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Couldn't he? he could have just told us he was coming. Yeah, I know, right? But it was so cool. That, can you imagine this? And they go, it says they bowed and they worshiped him. And when they left, they left telling his story. You see, your life is telling a story. Each one of you have to decide, what will the story of my life tell? What will people talk about when I die? What will people say about my life? Is Jesus just an intersection in my life or is he the one I live for? I have often said that, that, that we have different chapters in our life. We have new chapters. We have, you know, we have, that when we accept Jesus, he's a new chapter. No, and I, I think I've, I've been wrong. He's not a chapter in our life. We are a moment in his. Jesus is, is not meant to be a chapter. He's not meant to be the supporting cast. He's not meant to be, he's not meant to be the co-star in your life. But many of us, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is sort of like that, that co-star, the co-star, the, the sidekick. He's that Robin and we're the Batman. We want to be the hero, but we like that Jesus bails us out. And so Jesus becomes an intersection to most of our lives. He becomes just a moment. And for some of us, it's like, it's a longer moment. We're like, well, you know, I'll, I'll go. And I, it was good for me as a kid. And Jesus is a moment. But in the end, we still want to be the hero. It says in Hebrews, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So what will you do with Jesus. Tonight, we all have to make that decision. For some of us, it's a matter of whether or not we're gonna choose to follow Jesus with our life. Last night, we had, I think like seven people say, you know what, I'm gonna follow Jesus with my life. Some of us, it's a matter of, okay, I believe in Jesus, but he's just my co-star. I've been the main character and I have it backwards. We have to decide what will we do? What will we do with Jesus? Is Jesus just a man? If Jesus was just a man, here's, here's the, the problem with that understanding. Jesus said some really big statements. He said one in particular that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through me. If Jesus was just a man, but he says, I am the only way to heaven, 
He says, I am the only truth, truth, and nobody can go to heaven, but you have to go through me. If Jesus is just a man, his claim saying, I am, meaning I am God, when he said that, then he can't just be a man, he's gotta be crazy. He can't just be a good guy. He can't just be somebody that, well, you know, he seems nice. He's, He's like, you know, many religions just call him a prophet. He can't. He made too many claims about being God, the savior of the world. So is he just a man to you or is he God? Is he the way to heaven? Is he the truth of all truths? And is he the only way to have satisfying life? Is he just a moment in your story? You have to choose, what will I do with Jesus tonight? What will my story tell? See, in my role as a pastor, I I do a lot of funerals. My favorite ones are the ones when you have people, have you ever been to a funeral where people share? My favorite ones are when people talk about how much that person loved Jesus. Those are my favorite ones. Now, it's never happy. It's always a sad moment. But when their life is glorifying God. And there's one that stands out in my life. There's a young 20, I don't know, probably 25, 26-year-old man. And it came to the time of sharing. And the only thing that was said about him was he knew how to party. He knew how to drink. And they played this song, which I sinfully liked, song by this band called Sublime, and there's a radio version and there's a not radio version. The song started and I assumed it's the radio version. And there in the middle of this funeral, words that I never thought I'd hear at a funeral start coming out of this band. And I thought, Wow, that's his life. How sad. You see, we have to make a decision. Who will be the hero of my life? You might think, but why Jesus? It says in Romans, it says this. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. It says, for there is no distinction between God, between Jew or Greek, the same Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So why did why why do we choose? Why should these why did all these people choose to follow Jesus? Because he brought them peace. He brought them fulfillment. He brought them joy. And here, the writer of of Romans says, and you won't be disappointed if you choose to follow him. So I ask you today, what will you do? The passage ends, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Because that's why he came. He came to save you. He came to forgive you. He came to give you life. Your story without Jesus, it ends like Herod's. 
and he died. But your story with Jesus says you won't be disappointed. Many of us right now, our life, we're looking going, I've been the hero of my story. It's not turning out as I hoped. Jesus says, you believe in me, you won't be disappointed. Put your faith in me, trust me with your life, and I will give you more than you could ever imagine or think. But you have to choose. So what will the story of your life tell? Is it the story of Jesus or is it the story of you? When you end with Jesus as your hero in your story, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to be our savior. To give us life. And as our heads are bowed, I, I wanna ask you, who, who are you wanting the hero of your story to be tonight? Is it Jesus or is it you? Maybe it's been you for a while and you realize that it needs to not be me. If you wanna make Jesus the hero, the main one in your life, I ask that you pray with me. Say, God, I, I believe in your son, Jesus. Jesus, I want you to be the main one in my life. Jesus, forgive me. I've been trying to be the hero. I've been trying to figure my own life out. Jesus, forgive me. And set me free so that I might live for you. If you prayed with me tonight, I have a gift for you. If you guys would keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed. If you prayed with me tonight, would you please raise your hand? I have, I have a gift. It's a Bible and some other, just things that help us as we join the story of Jesus. Just raise your hand so I can get that to you. Just raise your hand high. Just keep your hands up. Heavenly Father, Lord, some of us, we've, we've followed you, but you've been an intersection in our life, and we need to make some changes, so I ask that you would work in our hearts and help us identify those things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click that follow button and tune in next week for another great message.